Queen's Castle, Chapter Twenty One. Lee came out of the bathroom looking like a fresh-washed angel. His creamy body had a mild underglow of rose pink, which seemed to be a virginal blush under the perfection of his smooth skin. He was still humming to himself as he crossed the rug to the bed, where he literally threw himself down, letting the spring action toss him for a bit before he settled into relaxation. I'm all clean and fresh for you, Dirk, darling, he thought. Come soon, please. I'm so hungry for you. I want your arms to hold me for a long while. Then I want you to kiss me tenderly, like you've kissed me so often recently. Then move all over my body, kissing the way I love to have you kiss, until I can't stand it any longer. Then we can melt together for hours and hours. He breathed a deep sigh of pleasure and just lay there, feeling the mild breeze which moved across the room as it played over his body. Then his eyes wandered over to the mirror above the dressing table, hopeful of seeing Dirk's tall form in the doorway. His gaze fell on the hateful metallic machine which perched there, seeming to ooze malevolence into the room. An icy hand gripped his heart. No, he moaned in a great screaming sound. It seemed to him as if Dirk, not the sadist, but the Dirk he had thought was finally his to have and hold in some dreamy, happy future, had blown out of that open window to disappear from the halls of Rosemoor forever. Oh, Dirk, how could you? he cried. He slipped out of bed and went to the window, looking out on the tall grass which had been so neatly manicured before he dismissed the servants. The sun went under a cloud, and the gloom of the outdoor scene poured into the window to chill him more deeply. He drew the two window halves together and latched, then went over and stood by the dressing table, looking down on the hated recorder with all the venom he could muster from his ice-spilled spleen. The huge block letters of Dirk's note seemed like an insult to his shocked sentence. Play this recording immediately! In a blinding rage, he turned from the dressing table and headed out of the room. As he went down the hall, he felt all the hours of agony he had ever made him suffer. And I wanted to share Rosemore with him, like a romantic fool, he thought, as he paced regally toward the head of the staircase. I was dying to give myself to him forever, to share everything I had and ever hoped to have, just to keep him with me. As he went down the stairs, his anger built until it seethed from every pore of his body. He had to do something drastic, and do it quickly. He detoured through the dining room, stopped at the sideboard, and took from the rosewood cabinet there a stiletto-like knife. Holding the weapon behind him, he crept about, listening for some sign that would tell him where he was. He could go back up and play that damned recording and find out, but he wouldn't give him the satisfaction of even carrying out this written command. No, by God, he'd smell him out, the sadistical son of a bitch, and he'd shove a few inches of Sheffield steel into him. He was very quiet as he peeped into the library doorway. At first, he didn't see him. Then, his head moved as he shifted his position in the tall-backed chair which faced away from the door. Silently, he tiptoed up behind him to stand directly at his back and slightly at his right. "'Will you take back everything you had to say in your latest recording?' he asked him. His voice was deadly calm. Dirk started a bit in his chair but did not look around. When he answered, his voice was a hoarse whisper. "'I meant everything I said.' With a cry of pain and rage, he moved his right arm and pivoted on his right foot. His voice screamed at him like the howl of a mortally wounded lioness. The boning knife, gripped not too expertly, but carrying behind it all his weight, pierced the flesh of his chest, started to glance off a rib, then plunged on into his thoracic cavity. The momentum of his swing carried his body over the arm of the chair, and he ended up lying on his side in Dirk's lap. 
He looked up to see a little rivulet of blood truckle from the corner of his mouth, and he half grinned at him. Although there was in the eyes a look of pain surprise, Lee knew that he would never forget. Didn't think you'd be that indignant, lad, he said. Then his eyes lost their piercing luster, and his head fell back against the back of the chair. A strange sound came from his throat. Then it was awfully quiet in the room. Quiet enough for Lee to hear someone sobbing with grief.